previously on The Intellectual Saviors. Michael's texting on his phone. Or is it Twitter? I was just checking to see if Eric could send me a dick pic yet. Not yet. That implies that he's gonna write after the show. Just wait to get hard. Cause he doesn't want to show you that he is a grower. Definitely a grower. Not a hanger. And you're pretty hot for an old lady. I'm just throwing that out there. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> and you got huge knowledge. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we'll get your knowledge. Fuck, I forgot where I was going with that. I got distracted by Diane Reem. started talking <laughs> about her. By her big-ass fucking knowledge. Oh, uh, no, they had uh, some economists on there, <laughs> and they were talking about um, the state of the economy because that's what everybody talks about these days. Trickle-down economics. Is it working? Because they have a lot of money, they're not spending it. They're holding on to it. Because they are fearful of what's coming next in the economy. You're a big time economy guy, Boggs. We need to do a show sometime on trickle down economics. Why it doesn't work? Yeah, I mean, go through it. I mean, I'd like to do like a show on Reagan, kind of debunking the whole myth on how great Reagan you was. You know, honestly, we probably should do that because I, I honestly feel that. Um, you know, we've talked. I've actually asked this question before on the show. It's like, why do you think conservatives are the way they are? And a lot of it is like the, their economic points. A lot of it's trickle down economics. It's Reaganism. It's Reaganomics is what they call it. And um, what a great liar he was, because it doesn't really hold true very well. Nope. He has a lot of fallacious ideas. Uh, he wasn't really the great president people think he was. Frankly, uh, six months after his presidency, he <laughs> declared himself having Alzheimer's. And now the exciting conclusion of our opinion on Ronald Reagan. But first, the intro and a little bit of fuck-off time. Enjoy. Introducing the award-list winning podcast. It's the Intellectual Saviors. With your hosts, the Pedo. Because most women don't know their place and they run their mouths all the time. At least she knew her place and she kept it shut. So please just stay. The Ginger Bear. I'm a bag of fucking sunshine, goddammit. And the Pivot Man. You fucking dick. <laughs> I'm gonna rape you now. They haven't won any awards, but they've won your hearts. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Intellectual Saviors. I think that was a long enough intro. I don't need to do anything, so I'm going to play it lazy. I like that, though. A little change of pace. <laughs> you Did you dig? know about that, Boggs? You know you just throwing that one at us? 
God damn it. He dude. knew about the previous part, but he didn't know like what was in there and all that stuff. It's fucking good times, man. So I like that. I like that a lot. I've got nothing for the free for, so I'm turning it over to you two. <laughs> two gentlemen. I'm out on this. I figure I'll probably be I just wanted to show off a little guitar skill there so the diorites might recruit me. <clears throat> they they change drummers out about every other fucking month, but I think uh, Lewis is pretty much established as the guitar guy, but who knows? They may add a rhythm guy sometime. Double leads, motherfuckers. Double leads. We'll do it. <laughs> I've done it before, and it's awesome. So it's always a possibility. You never know. Let's try. Just I'll send. My services are open. I'll send Kelly an email and see if she what there she thinks. Go. Hey, guys. <laughs> like, yeah, just throw my name out there. It's cool. I appreciate that. Boggs is looking for a band or some bandmates. So if you out there, I am. I am. I'm looking for a drummer and a bass player. Yeah. So if you live in the Southwest region <laughs> and you don't mind traveling a few hundred miles, <laughs> get a hold of Boggs. You think anybody in the Southwest region wants to be anything a part of what I do? No. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Oklahoma, Louisiana, probably not. Texas. Eh, why the fuck not? not? Nah, there's some good libs out there. There's good libs everywhere. I'll give you an answer, Eric, if you want. Go listen to our shows one through twenty-seven. <laughs> so. Something like that. Genius. You'll know. You never know. You never know unless you try. That's true. I mean, I guess I should. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Right. I just want to say that, of course, everybody knows what the topic is this week, going over the uh, the legend of Reagan, but uh, it's funny. I asked Boggs what he had before the show, and he said, I'm just going to sit here and talk about trickle down, play guitar. <laughs> so Pretty much, yeah. So we got to expect from him. So I hope Eric's brought a big bag with him. Well, Not a you, fucking sunshine to either. To give the listeners an insight to the show, we basically have kind of rotated the research, and this week is Michael's turn. So. <laughs> oh, have we rotated <laughs> it? <laughs> yeah, it's how we're rolling Two weeks days. ago was Eric. Last week was me. Now it's your turn. Well, I'm the old guy on the on the staff here, so I do know the most probably about Reagan. Dude, I actually dude. remember when he was elected. That's the other thing, too, is I, I was born in 88, so like all that shit was done by yeah. the time I actually cared about politics. He's like 40 years removed. I remember when I was, yeah, like, six, I guess I might have been five, six years old, sitting in front of the TV with my dad when he beat Carter for the election. My dad was like, God damn it, there goes the fucking country. <laughs> so I have to say this much. He wasn't right about a lot, but he might have hit that one on the head. So... Anybody got any fun stories for the week? Dude, my week was chaotic and crazy. It's going to take me a second to gather my thoughts and figure it out. Oh, my God. I'll let Boggs go. That's what the intro was for. I know. I was about to say, like, that was a long intro. Dude, I was really <laughs> engaged in that intro. It's it's funny. It was fun. I had to hold back some laughing on that part. By the way, I don't remember shit about what I say on the show, and I don't remember that at all. I don't remember <laughs> fucking <laughs> that song. You fucking dick. I'm <laughs> going to rape you now. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember stuff like that. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Uh, but um, well, the great thing about those clips is we could take them out of context too. I know. You know, I probably was trolling one of you, and now I'm getting trolled. So. <laughs> like I was, I don't remember. I was busting like I think Kristen's balls or something when I was saying that, like tongue in cheek. But it sounds so great coming out. You know, fucking women don't know their place. It's like I got to pull that. I was like, eh, we'll use that one. It's great. Well, I appreciate that. Those are all fun. Not yeah, as much fun as yours. Y- you definitely got the feminist on your side with the uh, YouTube uploaded <sighs> video. <laughs> I know. Was, we have an uploaded video? Yeah. Oh, you didn't see what he put on there? No. It's the one where he's talking about having a female doctor. Oh, oh yeah. I did see that one. I did see that one. I did see that one. This is a good time to point out for you people listening, if you're just picking us up for the first time, go to our Facebook Definitely go to our Facebook and like us, and then you can leave the comments and stuff. And if we do more videos, you can you know go on there and check them out because we'll post them to the YouTube. Of course, they'll be on our page, and then you can see what they're talking about, which is fantastic. I'm so proud of uh, <laughs> what Eric pulled and put up there. Right? You like it? 
Oh my god, do I sound like a fucking douchebag? <laughs> I'm trying to be funny and make you guys laugh, and then I come off like a fucking <laughs> asshole. He puts it up there, and then tie that with the uh, opener one. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, it's a good thing I'm already married. Misogynistic <laughs> asshole is pretty much what you are. That's what I'm saying. Good thing I already got a wife because might be hard to get another one. Oh my god, what the fuck was that? Whoa. That was our segue music. Yeah, <laughs> segue. It's like when Boggs take over the free for my time's up. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Mm. God damn, man! It was honestly your week may have been chaotic. My week was boring. Yeah. I went to work. I went home. It's raining. What the fuck? <laughs> Apparently, a thunderstorm's coming in. So there's that. My Damn. apartment is shaking. <laughs> you know what's really going to suck is if we lose this show. Oh, my God. What if it's Shut up. What if that's don't a tornado? Don't fucking curse I it. I don't know if it's going to be a tornado because I don't remember seeing that and the weather being severe, but that would really suck. I love how we've talked about weather now on the show. Ooh, I, I, God, I, is this like stormy outside? <laughs> yeah, that's how boring we've fucking gotten. Yeah. I do have somewhat of a, uh, a funny story. Uh, it's a coworker of mine. Uh, she found out that I was atheist and didn't believe in anything. So she, of course she has to come and question me. Um, and this doesn't have anything to do with religion. It has to do with the idea of ghosts. And she's like, so you don't believe in ghosts? I'm like, no. Like what evidence is there of ghosts? She's like, well, I've seen one. Mm. Oh really? Okay. Well tell me about it. She's like, well, I was staying at a friend's house and he had told me that it was haunted. And I woke up in the middle of the night and, uh, I, I saw a ghost. It's like, okay, so first off, you had prior knowledge, so you already have it in your head. It's like, second off, are you leaving anything out? She's like, yeah, well, I woke up and I was really groggy and lucid. Really? Like, do you have any idea what chemicals are going through your brain whenever you're asleep? It pretty much gets you high. That's why you you hallucinate dreams. So... I'm going to go ahead and say that you didn't see a ghost. <laughs> you just woke up in the middle of REM sleep <laughs> and chalk it up to that. No shit. That reminds me of when we were early on, we were talking about different topics for the show and stuff. I know we brought up like fucking alien abductions, which I definitely want to do something on like aliens sometime. And you brought up the whole thing about the reason why people think this happens with the sleep thing. We'll have to go through that sometime. I think I thought that was pretty interesting. Eric's my, my dad swears up and down. He's seen an angel too. And I keep telling him like, when was this? 1970s? Like, yeah. And I'm like, were you, what were you doing? Like, <laughs> you like, dropped some LSD? <laughs> no shit. I was like, were you about to go to bed? He's like, yeah, I was about to go to bed. And I was like, you don't think this is constructed? And he's like, no, it's not constructed. I'm like, you realize that all of your memories are constructed? And he's like, what does that even mean? And I was like, we're, uh, we're, we're it done. It means it's <laughs> not done. really admissible in court. <laughs> yes. Because uh, well, the I just, human that's, brain that's kind of, kind of makes like, shit up all the time. Right. To me, it's, uh, you know, when we talk about things like that, it's like, I've seen stuff and uh, that I can't really explain, but I don't immediately just jump on the ghost bandwagon. Well, yeah, it's, it's like I told her. I was like, I, I, I did like have those fears and those beliefs, uh, you know, when I was a kid. But the older I got, the more bold I got. And if I saw something that was out of place or something that I thought was a ghost or whatever, I would approach and figure out what was going on. Most people don't do that. They just close their eyes and cower in fear or whatever. I approach it, and every single time, it turned out to be something completely logical and explaining, and I could explain the situation. I th- I think so. What we should address now is that human beings are panicky and fearful, and they're very, very absolutely much so fulfilled. And uh, so they have self-fulfilled prophecies. And so is everybody. We just have well, that. Innate, it's a survival tactic. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's also just a matter of you know, especially when it comes to shit like 
uh, you know, just yeah, like your belief structure. Or how about this one? This one's more socially uh, understandable for that. But your self-fulfilled prophecy of like a black teenager getting pulled over by a cop, right? Yeah. The black teenager is immediately going to be like, <laughs> "Whitey's getting me." <laughs> yep. Got pulled over. Going to get a ticket. He's going to s- he's going to frisk me. He's going to find the pot that I have. Because you know all black people smoke pot, and uh, oh, we'll get into that a little bit too. Yeah. Today. But the cop is also thinking to himself, son of a bitch, I pulled over a black teenager. He's going to be violent. He's going to act out. Is he going to fucking rape him now? Is he going to rape him now? <laughs> but that's those are self-fulfilled prophecies, and that's the thing about most of that is uh, your expectations kind of set your approach, and then when you approach them in a way that, you know, is what you would think would be logical is like abrasion, right? If mm-hmm, you're the cop or mm-hmm. if you're... But then the other person views it as aggression. Oh, it is aggression. aggression Why are you so right weird now. right now? I just don't understand. That's how I do my trolling, bitch. That's the pedo. You know what? In trolling. hindsight, uh, so my my friend's over here and he's kind of listening to us and he's he, we're gonna, gonna make fun of us after the show. I was gonna say, wait till he hears when I start getting into this shit and I got to read fucking two pages uh, of stuff. But so yes. I, I bought I bought some beers and uh, in hindsight I probably shouldn't have bought cans. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like he's doing a good job. He's no, got three no, no, of no, them no, going over there. Because they make a lot of fucking noise, and you'll be able to hear it through the podcast. <laughs> eh, don't worry about it. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait on your point. Actually, next time, I'm going to crack the beer in the microphone. That's what I'm going to do. You know what? He's doing basically what everybody who listens to this should be doing, getting drunk while they're listening to it. It makes it so oh, we're much, much better. better. We're much better when you're drunk. Oh, when I'm drinking, I think I do better on the show, personally. <laughs> I think my best performances have been when I've had about three or four in me. I'm a lightweight, so that's a lot for me. So fuck you guys. All right. We need to have some kind of guitar man thing going here. What the fuck do you think I'm doing right now, dude? I know, but we need to have like... Well, he's already whored us out. Enough. Oh, yeah. And go to the Twitter, at the Intel Saviors. Bam. We're done. Um, <laughs> guitar man solved. God damn it. <laughs> Woo! But, but, whatever. Okay. Poor little ginger bear. <laughs> Can't get his way right now. That's my white people problem of the day. <laughs> Here we go with the white people problem clip. <laughs> I want the world to know that I have problems too. White people problems. Thank you so much for that, Gray. <laughs> Excellent song. All right, a uh, couple of white people problems for you. Uh, one comes from a viewer all the way in the far off land of Germany. You mean a listener? Yeah, we actually have a listener. <laughs> one. A listener. <laughs> Hi. Hi, I'm Michael. <laughs> so her white people problem was she said that she went to a uh, local baker, and uh, it's one of those mom and pop bakeries, and there was a lady in line that was just ahead of her, and she was just berating and tearing into this uh, young girl at the cash register uh, because her fresh baked pretzel, which oh. was four hours old, was oh. cold. Oh, my God. That's that, a fucking travesty. I know. That poor woman. That means a travesty she's getting a pretzel, dude. You got to get, <laughs> get a strudel if you're going to be in fucking Deutschland. Now, I want to know. I mean, did she at least get mustard with it? Gross, dude. <laughs> <laughs> 
fucking gross. No, I fucking hate mustard. But I a lot of people do do the mustard pretzel thing, right? Am I right? Yeah, I they do. Yep, gross. yep. I got a, I got a hand raise over there. Dude, <laughs> I put chocolate on my pretzels. What? You heard me, chocolate I know pretzels. we got chocolate-covered pretzels, but I'm talking about like a fresh one. God damn it. That's soft and everything. Yeah. What's yeah. wrong with that? I don't know. It just seems weird. It's not. Chocolate it's the on same. The, like Whatever. a big soft pretzel? It's just not, you know, it's not a crunch to it. Mm. It's just like a bready type thing. But, you know, okay, like, have you ever been to, like, Pizza Hut and they have those little dunkers things yeah. that you have? It's like that. It's like a, you know, a bready chocolate thing. It's like a pastry. <laughs> it's like a bready chocolate thing. <laughs> right. And and then <laughs> my... Damn it. <laughs> my, my personal white people problem of the week, uh, I bought The Hobbit on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it took me about, like, a good 45 minutes... To get it set up on my TV to make the movie look right, because the entire time it just it looked f- funny, it looked weird, and I just I was getting so fucking pissed off. Mind you, I have a 50 inch LCD or LED TV. It's yeah. <laughs> real <laughs> it's like nice. 120 hertz. It's like a badass television. I'm just getting super pissed off because one fucking movie is just kind of looking funny. <laughs> hey Eric, you know this might be a good time for Mike and I to bring this up. What? <laughs> you um, you have an anger problem. Do I? My, when, last I week was the time to bring that up. He's doing good tonight. He's all happy. This is happy. I know Eric. this is no. This is a better time to bring it up because now he's in okay. a good mood and he can receive this <laughs> so news. We can piss him off and put <laughs> him into a shitty this mood. much better than last week. And we brought this up last. By the way, Eric, your dick is small because you're Whoa. a grower. And I don't you know have about a terrible that. temper, and your beard looks bad, and I don't like red hair, and your p- skin is too. P- you know what I mean? Oh it just—it feels like that—that that magnifies the problem a lot more. His face. Ow. <laughs> is this—is this your list of fucking Fuck. Eric complaints? <laughs> no, I'm just. None of that is true, by the way, folks. He's a handsome young fellow with. Believe really me, Boggs knows about penis. his dick size. I don't know, but Boggs definitely knows. I mean, After if you get him going, if we want to prove this, I can prove it. Give me a second like, to get hard. Let me watch some porn for a little bit. He's like an ADC in League yeah. of Legends. We're videotaping the show, so you guys will he be scales. able to see it. <laughs> he scales. No, no one got that. Mm. Kevin kind of mm. got it, I think. I just powered down. <laughs> All right, I will try and work on my anger issues. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. I like angry air. It does dude. make for pretty decent hey, clips, though. Have you ever just you know thought that maybe I just uh, wear my emotions on my sleeve? Yeah, he's very yeah, emotional. Yeah, I have thought that. That's kind of what I'm talking about. <laughs> very sensitive and emotional. So what do you want me to do? Man. Do you want me to bottle it up and then fucking go on a rampage? Or do you want me to air it out? Well, I want you to air it out most of the time, but I want you to bottle it up and go on a rampage once so we can get it on... On, uh, on camera and on no, video, <laughs> yes. I don't want to do that. Yeah, I want that motherfucker put on our Facebook. Eric fucking just losing just his shit. Eric losing his shit and kicking a hole in his wall or Fuck something. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And, and, and then he looks at me and blames that. me. That's what he would do is he'd turn around to me and go, you fucking dick, Boggs. And I'll be like, what did I do? You kicked a hole in your wall. Although I would like it see him just lose his shit one time and take that fucking guitar and bust it over your fucking head. That would be amusing for me. Dude, you piss him off way more than I do. Me? Yeah. I don't intentionally <laughs> do it. I can't help it. I know. If that's, I make him that's mad. That's the sadder part, I think. I guess. And I don't know what I did wrong. You Fuck it, man. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm almost 50 dick. <laughs> Maybe that's why we have such a generation gap between us. That's not it. Goddamn cocksucker. It's actually just because you're a douche. Well, well nah, that's not it either. Oh god! Oh my god! See, the implication here is that I'm right. So no, I'm kidding. So it's not Shit. because I'm old, not because I'm a dude. Although last week I was a little pissed off because of a lot of stuff. So um, I don't know what to say, but it's whatever. It's past. 
Pass is pass. I think I think we need some therapy now. I know, right? All right, Sarah. Well, I don't know why people problems though. Um, I have to say, my wife is like the epitome of all of that, and it's awesome. You have like, brought that up a couple times. I think maybe there's some therapy that needs to be had there. I know no, you're talking about funny. me. Maybe it's just uh, funny, man. <clears throat> you know, I took it's so um, funny. I took some psychology classes and stuff, so maybe I can work with her. If I get some alone time with her, I might be able to work with her Don't for you. Don't do it. Don't <laughs> do it. Next thing you know, he's going to be asking her to send her send uh, pics of her boobs yeah, and Michael, shit. Michael, no. Michael be you like, know what you really need is like group sex no. right now. That's what you really go for. Okay. You want to be a part of that? You know what would really help you out right now is if you just masturbated in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> just whip it out and touch it a little bit. It would just really help you out if you just stroke the beaver a little bit. It would See, this sounds like Michael's trying to be a Catholic priest right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a therapist. Well, remember, I was... your sins I by did inserting objects into your vagina. Remember, I did take off and fly down to L.A. to try and get that archbishopship. But How'd that go, by the way? It didn't turn out. They already had a candidate. We've so. already been through this. You're not going to get into... <laughs> Uh, the Catholic Church because you like young girls, not young boys. That's true. The difference. Mm. But, Every, but I did do, everybody just hear that? However, he just admitted it. However, just I do. Saying. However, I do want to point out the fact that I do like them of age, which I have said many times on the show. Unlike some people who try and paint this picture of me as being a fucking young girl kid toucher, which is not the case. <laughs> And I do not approve of the fucking nickname, the pedo. <laughs> I just roll with it because I know they don't approve of the pivot man and the fucking ginger bear. So everybody has to suffer. That's a life in America, kids. Right. We all have to suffer. Poor us white people. That is that's <laughs> another white person problem. <laughs> like to suffer with all the minorities. You know what's even really sad that's, that's is really that in, up, in yeah. this country, we can't even call ourselves semi-privileged. <laughs> You know what I think is a white people problem? I just find that hysterical. I honestly think that the idea that we've switched what uh, we call recessions a white people problem. <laughs> like, think about this. First off, before the Depression, what did we call a recession? Anybody know what it was? Inconvenience? No, a panic. No. It was called a panic. Oh, yeah. It was like running the bank and yeah. shit like yeah. that. And then you have the Depression, right? Okay, so we stepped up from panic. What do we call it now? You guys know what, we, what it's called now? Negative growth. It is negative growth. <laughs> negative growth. Well, what a fucking euphemism. Kind of like fucking. What are you talking about? His penis earlier. It's a grower, not a shower. No, I don't think that's really at yeah. all the same. Uh, I think that's pretty much a false comparison. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> so that's pretty much logically fallacious, and I hate you. I'm just trying to put that back in your mind because I know you're thinking about it. I'm not thinking about which part of the economics part is dick. <laughs> You know, you know which one, <laughs> motherfucker. Economics. Okay, so speaking of dicks. Speaking of dicks. Yeah, Bog's favorite it's topic. Time it's time for everybody's, everybody's favorite, favorite segment, segment, the, the dick, dick of the. Ah, uh, yes. This week, uh, I had a couple people I was looking at. I wanted to fucking throw a Democrat under the bus for once and uh, Harry Reid because he basically shit over on the other Democrats and stuff and took the uh, assault weapons ban off the table before the Senate even started doing these votes on these gun laws and stuff. However, I did a story a few months back. I don't know if you guys out there know about it. You've probably seen in the news this Steubenville case where this young girl, this 16-year-old girl, was raped by a couple football players there and molested and fucked with by some others and it was pretty much swept under 
you know, the carpet and stuff. No one's ever heard about it. And it kind of went a few months. Nothing happened on the case. And then uh, the group Anonymous got involved. And they did a little bit of their voodoo, did some hacking, got some text messages, some video, some pictures, and released it. And then, of course, when the evidence starts showing up, then people start throwing a bitch about it. And the state um, attorney general of Ohio, Mike DeWine, he got involved with the local authorities. And so they started building a case. And this past week, they actually prosecuted the two two main boys who actually um, did the raping. I mean, there's limited information on exactly what took place. But um, and they're both convicted. Now, this sets up who my dick of the week is, because I saw on CNN where they broke into the newscast during the uh, after the trial was over and the uh, sentences were handed down. And they went to uh, Candy Crowley, who um, threw it to this uh, correspondent. They have Poppy Harlow. Is that a fucking great name? Poppy Harlow. Sounds like a whore. So anyway, name. I know, that's what I thought. I think I've seen that. Fucking Poppy. But anyway, so she's a correspondent. She's, she's outside the courthouse in Steubenville and stuff. And they go to her. And uh, Candy, of course, asked her, you know, well, what are your thoughts on what you just saw? And this is the quote that she gave. You, you guys listen to this and tell me what you think. I've never experienced anything like it. It was incredible, emotional, incredibly difficult, even for an outsider like me to watch what happened as these two young men that had such promising features star football players, very good students, literally watched as they believed that their life fell apart. One of the young men, Malik Richards, actually collapsed into his lawyer's arms and screamed, my life is over, no one is going to want me now. Oh, those poor boys. So, Who raped the girl. Yeah, They just got convicted (laughs) of raping a 16-year-old, dragging her from party to party, most likely, they can't prove it because, you know, the evidence and everything is so far after the fact when they did the investigation. But the pictures they had where they're dragging around, I mean, she's basically dead weight. So they drugged her. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. They took her from a party to a party. Other boys did stuff to her. And at the like at the end of the night, they drug her out. She was naked. They were taking pictures of her and shit. Threw her in one of the yards of the parties they're having. And, like, someone actually pissed on her. I mean, they abused this girl. So this happens... And then this reporter is like, these poor boys, oh my God, their life is over because of this sentence. Oh, how could this possibly happen? And then they go on to, back to the studio, and Candy Crowley, she talks about, you know, the how they're only 16-year-olds, and you hear them crying, and, you know, when you hear them talking and crying, you can tell that they're only 16-year-old boys. And she said, the thing is, when you listen to it, and you realize that they could stay in, in prison until they're 21, they're going to get credit for time served, but... What's the lasting effect on these two men that have been found guilty in juvenile court of rape? And she is asking this of their CNN le- uh, legal contributor. His name is Paul McCallan. And he said, the most severe thing about it is the young men are going to be labeled as sex offenders. And the label is placed on them by Ohio law now. And it would be with them for basically the rest of their lives. And, it, and because of this, other states are going to require that they carry this designation as well. And it's going to haunt them for the rest of their lives. As so, it fucking should. So I'm watching, I went back and watched the clip because I didn't see it initially. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, so you have basically these three assholes on CNN. This girl was just drugged, raped, treated like, I mean, worse than a piece of meat. I mean, the shit that they did to her. Like a fucking blow-up doll. Exactly. And they're, all they're doing is sympathizing with these two fucking kids that, that did this. And I'm just like, what the fuck, dude? Are you kidding me? 
And it's two women, too, that are the fucking... And that Poppy Harlow is the worst one of all. I just... I thought that was just unconscionable. So I'm just giving it to that... Fuck the whole CNN news team because they're shit... It's a shit news channel to begin yeah, with. fuck them. But uh, since it's pretty much that Poppy and Candy are the ones I'm going after, uh, cunts of the week. Yes. <laughs> cunts of the week. Gotta change it up, dude. <laughs> gotta make it... You know, you gotta... You should have let me know. I would have done new audio, you asshole. Well, in this case, <laughs> usually it is fucking dudes because dudes do fuck up a lot more than women do. Let's face it. I, I can't even... I can't even react to that one. Wow, that's ridiculous. I mean, I understand if, like, I can understand them saying, well, they seriously fucked up is the first thing out of my mouth. And, you know, sure, they might regret it now, but, dude, you fucking rape somebody. You're not going to get away with that in society. Sorry. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. You will do the time. You, I mean, honestly, that's how it should be. You should have to be registered sex offender. You fucking abused a woman. Absolutely. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah, I mean... It's unconscionable to think of what they did. No, but like they, when I was their age, there's no fucking way I thought of doing that to anybody. Anybody. Yeah, that's fucked up. Not that's even my worst up. enemy. Not at all. I had the mentality that it was not. That's, that's not, not okay. okay at all. That's not okay at all. It's not fun. It's not funny. Frankly, like think of the like, especially like to me, the the, the idea that your morality is that low at 16 is, you know, it's not really uncommon for a 16-year-old to have the cognitive ability to know what's right and wrong, and that is fucking wrong. Yeah. That's just all there is to it. You don't fucking do that. No, I was shocked. I, I mean, I was... I guess the positive coming out, like I said, is, you know, kudos to Anonymous, because if it wouldn't have Absolutely. been for them, uh, this probably would have just died on the vine. Nothing would have happened to yeah. these kids at all. And, and then... A, and a lot of... Anonymous catches a lot of flack and a lot of shit, and a lot of people think that they're just, like, little fucking 12-year-olds mm-hmm. in their mom's basement, like doing stupid shit and stirring up trouble but they actually do do some positive stuff out there yeah. and this is a definitely a one case of that for sure and um and mike dewine too the attorney general he's a republican i want to give him credit i mean he you know for con- going after these kids and the judge in the case gave a few other kids that were involved immunity so they would testify against these two because these were the two main perpetrators. But Mike DeWine said, I'm going to find other ways I can go after these kids to get around the immunization so I can try and charge them too. He's already said that, so I like that. So so good for those two. That is really good for them. So, fuck those little pricks. Oh, shit. Hope they get fucking raped in their fucking juvie. <laughs> fuck them. Fuck them. Anything else, kids, before we get going? <clears throat> no, not really. Can to play us a little guitar there, Boggs? Yeah, sure. He, Ready? Can, he can segue us into Reagan. Sing a little song about We're Reagan. We're going to talk about Reagan. Okay. That well, was it. That was and fan- Reagan. Fantastic. <laughs> 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 well, he, I guess... He's really short and sweet on this fucking show, motherfuckers. Unfortunately, I think I'm going to be steering most of this one. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to... I'm going to fight through that. Um, so anyway, I'll kind of start off. Like I said, this is about Reagan. I want to do just a little background history on. We got some audio to play for you guys, and then we'll get into the fun topics everyone's talked about. Of course, Boggs wants to do trickle down. We'll do trickle down. We'll yeah. do some of the scandals and all the fun, juicy stuff. Scandalous, yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of shit to go with Reagan, but we're gonna try and compact Contra. as much as we can. Yeah, because this motherfucker might go two hours otherwise. Two hour show. Not if we can help. Not if we can help. And keep going, Mike. You're giving me great stuff, buddy. Okay, we'll get ready for this. I'm going to start doing just quick background on Ronald Wilson Reagan. 
Um, I'm going to do, this is very brief, and then mm-hmm. I got a clip. I'm, I'm going to have Eric fucking queue up for you guys, and then we'll do just a little in, <laughs> into his political career before we get into the guts of his presidency. Uh, he was born in Tampico, Illinois. He was educated at Eureka College, earning, Eureka a, College. earning a Bachelor of Arts in Economics and economics. Sociology. Economics bogs. Oh, I know you got a fucking boner. Sociology. So after he graduated, he began working in radio, and then he moved to Los Angeles in 37 where he began his, began his acting career, first doing uh, films. He was kind of a B actor, didn't really go anywhere, and then he did some television work. And uh, his Ew, big, television actor? Yep, he did some Gross. television work. Uh, then he served as the president of the Screen Actors Guild. Ah, uh, yes, he was in charge of a union. Mm, let's not forget that. And uh, later he became the spokesman for General Electric. I think back then, you know, a lot of the TV shows were sponsored by big companies, and they have like the fucking GE Hour or whatever. And he was the host for that. And that's kind of where his career in politics started, more or less. And uh, during the 40s, uh, Reagan and his wife, I thought this was interesting that I found out, his wife at the time, uh, Jane Wyman, who was also an actress, uh, they were actually working with the FBI, and they were... Um, Back then, you know, they had the whole McCarthy thing where they were going after communism and communist sympathizers. And, of course, Hollywood was a big target because, you know, Hollywood's full of fucking libs. Fuck and, you know, they're all commies. commies. So they, um, they had them kind of like undercover digging for stuff. And Reagan, you know, he testified at one point before the House Un-American uh, Activities Committee. So anyway, I just thought that was an interesting note because I, I didn't know that. By the way, that's a very, very large proponent why if you're on the Republican side of things, like the Christian conservative side of things, you look at liberals like they're evil. Oh, yeah. Because of that big red scare. Oh, yeah. Because clearly if you're socialist, that is literally... socialist, fascist. That is literally evil. What? That's a what literally evil thing to do. Can we That's why called? typically typically <laughs> when I when I discuss that with them, Pinko. it's so amazing when people look at me like, Pinko. <laughs> damn, that actually doesn't really sound that bad. I'm like, that's because it's not really that evil, you stupid-ass motherfucker. Yeah. Well, I mean, the McCarthy thing. I mean, it was a witch hunt, too. I just, like I said, I thought that was pretty interesting. I didn't know he was a part of that. <clears throat> but, um, you know, he started out pretty much a liberal Democrat. And in the 50s, he got divorced from his wife at the time, Jane Wyman. Or... The, oh, note on that, um, you know, him being the father of, like, family va- family values, Christian conservatism, all this shit. He's the only president who's ever been divorced. I, I mean, I know that doesn't really mean shit, but I just, it's kind of funny, I think, because he's the one that ushered in Christian conservatism. Somebody who has uh, family values. Yeah, you know, I, so I thought that was a little ironic. But um, after he got divorced, he started uh, dating uh, actress Nancy Davis, of course, Nancy Reagan, we all know. And she yep. was very Christian conservative. And uh, she kind of started... I'd say influences used quite a bit, and then when he and also uh, another one of his major influences was a, a senior exec for GE, and when I say he's a spokesman, GE he was almost like a lobbyist somewhat, and which he did for some other institutions later on, like American Medical Association stuff, which we have some clips. We'll play some stuff of that, um, but this guy Lemuel Boulware, he was the senior exec. Um, he was the one that kind of put the idea of like free markets, anti-communism lower taxes, limited government, all the things that are known as basically the staples of Reagan's, you know, ideology as a, as a, you know, as conservative as he is. Um, and which kind of morphed, like I said. And then by the early 60s, Reagan, uh, he opposed civil rights legislation saying that if an individual wanted to discriminate against Negroes or others in selling or renting homes, it is their right to do so. Wow. Um, <laughs> then when Medicare was introduced later, 
uh, on, he um, created a record for, like I said, the medical, um, the American Medical Association, warning that such legislation would mean the end of freedom in America, which we'll play a little bit of that because I think you guys will love it because it really ties into stuff that you hear about Obamacare now. It's very eerily similar. Um, at this time, he also joined the NRA and became a lifelong member. So, you know, like I said, he started off very liberal, and then he really started morphing in the 50s into the 60s. He was pretty much the conservative he was at the time. And I want to play a little clip now. This is from 1948. It's a, I apologize. It's a 48 clip. It's a little choppy and stuff. But try and fight through it and listen to the message that he puts out. The profits of corporations have doubled, while workers' wages have increased by only one quarter. In other words, profits have gone up four times as much as wages. And the small increase workers did receive was more than eaten up by rising prices, which have also bored into their savings. For example, here's an Associated Press dispatch I read the other day about Smith L. Carpenter, a craftsman in Union Springs, New York. Seems that Mr. Carpenter retired some years ago, thinking he had enough money saved up so that he could live out his last years without having to worry. But he didn't figure on this Republican inflation, which ate up all his savings. And so he's gone back to work. The reason this is news is Mr. Carpenter is 91 years old. Now, take as a contrast the Standard Oil Company of New Jersey, which reported a net profit of $210 million after taxes for the first half of 1948. An increase of 70% in one year. In other words, high prices have not been caused by higher wages, but by bigger and bigger profits. The Republican promises sounded pretty good in 1946. But what has happened since then, since the 80th Congress took over? Prices have climbed to the highest level in history, although the death of the OPA was supposed to bring prices down through, quote, the natural process of free competition, unquote. Labor has been handcuffed by the vicious Taft-Hartley law. Social Security benefits have been snatched away from almost a million workers by the Gearhart bill. Fair employment practices, which had worked so well during wartime, have been abandoned. Veterans' pleas for low-cost homes have been ignored, and many people are still living in made-over chicken coops and garages. Tax reduction bills have been passed to benefit the higher-income brackets alone. The average worker saved only $1.73 a week. In the false name of economy, millions of children have been deprived of milk once provided through the federal school lunch program. This was the payoff of the Republicans' promise. And this is why we must have new faces in the Congress of the United States. Democratic faces. This is why we must elect not only President Truman, but also men like Mayor Hubert Humphrey of Minneapolis, the Democratic candidate for senator from Minnesota. It's very, uh, it's very liberal of him. I was going to say, I know it's choppy. I hope everybody <laughs> could hear it really well, but <clears throat> I like how he kind of first he starts going off about you know, corporate profits, you know, because of corporate profits are so high, it's not raising the wages of, you know, regular workers. I love that right off the bat. So just think about that and trickle down economics. Well, here's the other thing I want to point out. Notice that he said it's not because of high wages that these, you know, these uh, these issues are high coming profits. Out. Yeah. It's because the companies keep hoarding so much. Yeah, because of the higher profits. And then, you know, he, he goes into them trying to, the conservatives trying to cut Social Security, and that makes it harder for people to save and work. And then, you know, he goes into tax breaks for wealthy. Hell, that, that's bad. It's not helping spur on economy growth. And then, uh, I, I mean, everything he says in there is just everything that's not trickle-down economics. You know, he talks about labor and stuff as well, labor regulations and stuff being knocked down by, I think, Hart-Taft, or Hart 
Taft Hartley, excuse me, um, and stuff like that, like those bills. And he's hitting all these points. And it's just like, God damn, dude, that is like anybody fighting. Like if you're sitting there arguing a Republican about, you know, why trickle down's bullshit and doesn't work or that Reaganomics doesn't work. Those are the points you're hitting. You're basically just turn around, and play this fucking speech. And it's like, well, listen to Reagan fight himself. I mean, I love that when I heard it. One thing that was a little bit funny at the end. Because I don't really have anything on this go earlier, but or later on, but he said something about like them cutting milk out of school lunch programs. When he was in, he like slashed the shit out of school lunch programs and stuff. <laughs> and and so when, so what changed then? Th- that's what I'm saying. This was like this said. This was in 1948. He did this, and like I said, it's it's funny how you know after getting with Nancy and then him doing like corporate sponsorship, like the spokesman for GE and American Medical Association and these others, he basically became like a lobbyist. It's like he got in with so the think corporate. It's potentially that he was corrupt? I think it did corrupt him. I mean I, I do. I mean I mean I think he was a little bit of a flip flopper. I think he found Jesus a little bit and I think just the people around him. I think Nancy probably had a big influence over him. I mean everybody knows that they had this really special loving relationship and stuff and I think it might have you know, it might have been part of it. Um but that was a little bit before, and then he didn't really get into politics until, like, the early 60s. So in, like, 1964, he gave a speech endorsing uh, Barry Goldwater, and uh, that was kind of the—that no- speech was really what people say was the thing that launched his political career. It was uh, a speech known as a time for choosing, where he uh, stressed the belief in the importance of smaller government. You know, that's kind of where that started. Um, the California Republicans were really impressed with— um, you know, his charisma and his speaking ability and everything. Exactly so, what do you mean by smaller government? Just so I'm clear, because <clears throat> to me, my idea of smaller government would be uh, government that doesn't intrude on the personal rights of others. No, that's that's I, my idea of a smaller I don't th- government. That's not his. I, I'm pretty sure that's his. And every other Republican that's in office today, when they say smaller government, they just mean less government employees and less money going into programs. And when it's not all programs. Of course, it's not defense. Things so you like mean that. slashing stuff for uh, poverty-stricken people or food stamps and yeah, and Medicare, we, Medicaid. Yeah, and that's definitely the case. I mean, you see that today. Anytime they talk about slashing programs, the first thing is it's, we want to cut Social Security. We want to cut Medicare. We want to cut Medicaid. We want to cut you know any well anything that's welfare-related. I mean, that's what they want to go. Defense is always yeah, off the fuck table. Fuck the poor. <laughs> Because defense spending goes to big contractors, so and that's big corporations, and that's where their bread and butter is. So we spend a lot there. Yeah, we spend so much money there. So in '66, they uh, the Republicans tabbed him to run for governor of California, and um, on his campaign theme, one of the themes was to send the welfare bums back to work. I love that. Wow. <laughs> um, so he was elected, took office in '67. In his first term, he froze government hiring and approved tax hikes to balance the budget. I just want to repeat that. He approved tax hikes to, <laughs> to raise the, which that's going to be. You have to. Oh, it'll be a theme that you'll hear a little bit later on the, oh, Reagan never raised taxes and he cut spending. Okay. Um, so it, one of the things I found interesting, I found out was in 67, after he got elected, at that time, abortion was illegal. I mean, this was before Roe versus Wade. And at that time, he signed what they called the Therapeutic Abortion Act into law. And what that was was an effort to reduce, uh, like, you know, back alley abortions and stuff. And it gave, um, like, the medical professionals, like, they could, you know, kind of survey the woman, see whatever was going on with her. And if they felt that there was uh, harm to the mother involved or there could be potential problems, then they could suggest, uh, they could basically give her an abortion. It would be legal. They had the right to, to do it. And uh, because of this being passed, 
it, it said it allowed um, close to two million abortions to be performed over the his term, and he served. He ended up serving two terms. Um, tried to run for president in '76, of course, failed, and then he came back in, you know, in '80 and ran against Carter and won, became the 40th president of the United States at the age of 69, becoming the oldest man to serve office with Alzheimer's. <laughs> we'll point that out for <laughs> for Boggs. So that's kind of like his. You know, just brief history, him getting into office and everything. And then from there on, I mean, I guess I know you wanted to trickle down. I think that's probably the first place to start because, like, after hearing that clip, you kind of hear where he came from. I think we should let you kind of take over on that. Okay, so. Give me a break so I can t- drink some beer. The, here's the idea, and it's a really simplistic idea. I'm going to put my guitar down so I can, you know, have good yes. bogs time. Yes. Good bogs time. That's what no, we music. need. Oh my god! Whoa, I'm just doing a little. I'm just kidding. You fucking angry bogs. Okay, so trickle down. I was hoping that he was gonna like join in and do a little like acapella thing. But la 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 la. I'll do the whistle part. Sorry. <laughs> See what you started. This is why I said no music. Derailing right, so the show. <laughs> Success. No, the the, uh, the point I was gonna make about trickle down. So let's let's establish what they think happens. Okay. The first thing is they like to give tax cuts to rich people. And the reason that they like to do this is because they feel that rich people create jobs through the businesses that they run because that's what all rich people do, right? They run businesses. Apparently. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, the other thing I'll I'll say about uh, Trickle Down is it it assumes a lot of stuff that I'll get into. But the first one is that, you know, they're spending money because if you're hiring someone as a worker, you're paying a worker. You have to spend some sort of wage. So the first thing that he he, he assumes is that you've got people who are hiring people to run some sort of business for you. Okay, that does happen. I can see that. Rich people do that. So if you give them tax breaks, they have more money to spend on their workers, ergo, trickle down. You go from the top, it starts going down through the chain. I'm good, by the way. I'm good. You don't have to do anything <laughs> for me. Was that too, was that too blunt? Eric, Eric whipped his wiener out. He's fucking waving it around. He looked at Boggs. Asked him if you want me, some of this. He looked at me with like this really weird ginger fire in his you eyes. Want, you want some of this bongs? Ginger fire. Come over here. Fire. Come over here and get some of this speckled cock. Anyway, I don't even Are you know. you saying shit that I'm going to have to edit later? Yeah, please do. Nope. <laughs> Jesus. Was that a little loud? Yes, fucking good. Michael's the loud one. That was oh, good. Oh, loud. Oh yeah, that this asshole. He is so fucking loud. I what was you. I so, was I talking about again? I was talking about League of Legends. How you don't want any of Eric's speckled peni right now? I don't. No, I don't. I'm good, thanks. Maybe later. For, no, forever. Speckled peni? What the fuck? I don't know. I don't know. It just sounded funny. Apparently, you have, a, apparently you have a dual penis and it's got like pimples or it sounded or funny in my head. Freckles or some shit on it. What were we talking about? Trickle down economics. Trickle know. down. Trickle Here's down. something that I wanted to talk about a little bit. <laughs> Uh, I guess I'm no, about kidding. That. Go ahead. <laughs> I guess we're good. We do need Eric to butt in. No, they, you know that that idea is really it works when everything is already going to work. That's that's the basis behind that. And you know, any any time that stuff is good in your economy, that will work. Absolutely. Why will it work? Because the people who run businesses, they're not afraid to spend money. But they are afraid to spend money right now. When things are good, probably not. They'll probably spend on investment. Well, they'll invest in companies. Still, like they don't. uh, I I mean, it's been shown time and time again that they don't necessarily generate new business. They don't necessarily build new factories. No, but when they they are profit driven, so what they they are doing is they're finding the cheapest way possible, which a lot of it is outsourced. Yes, 
But when they do, then the point is for the most down, of the money that they spend in the U.S. Before you is destroy on the, the stock case, market. let me make the case. I'm just saying most <laughs> of the money that they spend in the U.S. is on the stock market, which we all know is a fictitious thing. That's true. That's where they invest. They invest and in nobody. That. When there, I say investment, no workers that in economics, they don't talk right. about stock market. Maybe like, like a janitor that sweeps the stuff. stock market floor after everybody's done. Maybe he gets a little bit of a benefit <laughs> because of the stock market trade. But other than that, nobody gets shit. But when they refer to investment in economics, they're talking about building factories. They're talking about building a business. They're they talking don't. about actual things that move. Yeah, that's what they're talking about. But that's not what happens. It's like Eric no, said, no. they don't. But do that's that. the thing. Listen. Their you, case is that that you always happens. Are going good, they don't exactly. They're profit driven. They're always looking at the bottom line. It's never. But enough. when things are going good, you grow your business. But that's a big yes. thing that people but, say. So you okay. outsource it to Mexico because it's fucking cheaper. But you're still putting factories up and you're still In producing Mexico. something. But the GDP is still increased. <laughs> you're still increasing GDP your GDP. GDP does not equal fair and good rights for people. I don't believe this shit. Let me make their case. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Let's just keep doing this. It's great. You're fucking <laughs> preaching to the choir. God damn. Okay, so preaching to the choir. The the, point, the case that they're making is that trickle down that's how they that's how it operates is that, you know, a rich person or a business when they do that kind of thing, they invest in your economy. So, but my point is even when they do that, the best time for them to do that is when things are good in the market. If things are already good in the market, you don't need a policy. Yeah. It's not that important. You can let the and this is the thing that it drives me fucking crazy when it comes to people in Washington, because it seems to me that there would be an economist in Washington that would know this. Hey, guys, let's run deficits when things are really bad and run surpluses when we don't have to do anything. That's what Clinton did. I mean, you would think <laughs> that seems logical. Clinton also raised taxes on the top rate, well, too, because he knew he needed Clinton's more revenue. Clinton's presidency is forever marked by some bitch that he fucked. Like this. Yeah, I want. I was wanting to bring that up later. I got a but point about we'll, him. We'll bash him later. Fuck Clinton. But that's the whole point to true. And by the way, the reason why this is so vital to understand and why we wanted to do this this show, even though you're trying to derail me, is I'd like to see this is what conservatives hang their hat on in economic policy. They're like, listen, you gotta you've yeah. got to help these rich people make money because if you help the economy be in good shape all the time. They'll pay their workers. And what's ironical is that a lot of the conservatives are Did also. Did you just say ironical? Dude, we went over this before. He's right. We looked it up. Yeah. He can use that word. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Uh, Dick. They get pissed off when we outsource jobs. That's what I think is kind of funny. What, the Republicans? Well, yeah. they, they, well, they well, do my that problem false. with this. Oh my, my problem God. with that thought is this. Why are you looking at the government like it was their fault? Like they could, they couldn't, they don't have to outsource. They did because it was cheaper. Well, here's the thing. Okay, so they they say that we should have smaller government. We shouldn't have regulations on big business, all this other great stuff. Wait a minute. They're sending jobs to China? Like, well, you can't really have it both ways. It doesn't really work that way. The only way that it can work, and even and even that, it, it we've already proved that a lot of big corporations do not pay taxes. So even these... Exactly corporate taxes that we put on these uh, big heavyweights and the reason why they go off to other uh, countries, which we proved is a complete uh, fallacy, is apparently the reason why they outsource is because they pay such high corporate taxes in this country. Which, you know, that's... The, by the way, please understand, if you're out there listening, taxes are irrelevant to business models like that. They don't consider taxes when they make business decisions unless they're already fucking No, they bankrupt. look at the amount uh, or the cost of uh, 
their occupancy codes, uh, their fire codes, and wage cost. That's what they're looking at. Well, that's the thing is, uh, does anybody, so for the jobs that are outsourced right now, would an American worker work for that wage? Well, no. With outsource jobs, hell no. If they if they would if they had to. Hell no. no. If like they without, had to? Without regulations. I mean, if you have to, you have to. Without regulations, our mindset right now we in this economy. We would be slave labor. Yeah. Our mindset right now in this economy would be, well, we're at market equilibrium. But this is one of the things that a lot of liberals have said, and people like Keynes had said at one point in his life when he was in economics. Maybe, just maybe, market equilibrium is not where you want to be. No, definitely not. Sometimes, sure, it could be where you want to be if there's no third-person negative effects. But when there are, maybe you shouldn't be there. I think, th- let's get back into this in a little bit. Let's kind of go off for a second off this, and then I'll, I, I definitely want to get back into it because there's some stuff. Well, after you're no, done, I'll, I'll I'll saying that I want to tell you to suck After you're done, I'll on. make my case about trickle-down some more. I'll make the, the other side of the case for me. Okay, Eric, stop. I just want to let the listeners kind of uh, a little bit in, inside of why... I am so anti-economy and money because uh, I know that it, it's confusing to Boggs and a lot of other people, and they don't understand why I despise it, and I think it's a irrelevant, outdated system that we need to severely change. Um, I, I don't know of the actual term. I know there is a term, but I cannot remember what it is. The only one that I can come up with is automated unemployment. Do you guys understand what that means? Explain it, and I'll tell you. It, it's pretty much where unemployment is caused by the automation in an industry. Okay. I got you now. It makes sense when he says it like that. It's like, oh, I should have known Caused that. by the automation in an industry? Yeah, you yes. know, like a car factory. Everybody used to do shit so, by hands. Now they got the big machines yeah. to do it, so you don't need people. Exactly. It's called structural unemployment. Look, motherfucker. Structural unemployment. Just I go like with it. what he said. There saying. we go. I, I couldn't remember the term. I like, I like automation. I like that, too. That sounds good. But. Trade market. That is a real thing, and it's a it's going to be a very big part of our future, because really the only things that I don't see being automized are retail jobs. That's pretty much it. Everything else can be automized and is being automized, which is going to increase unemployment, which means less people are going to have less money to spend, meaning those factories with all this automation are going to be completely useless because people don't have money to spend on the goods that they produce because they don't have jobs. Yeah. That is why the monetary paradigm is a complete fallacy and a joke is because eventually our technology is going to run us into the ground economically. We have to get over this idea and we have to focus on the fact that we need to embrace technology. We need to put it as our forefront and you, you even put it on your little uh, Facebook because you always put all the, the I love fuck or I love I fucking, fucking love <laughs> whatever. I love fucking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you had the graph that showed uh, how much the world spends in uh, defense programs mm-hmm. versus how much they spend in space ex- exploration. Mm-hmm. And it's nowhere close to one oh, another. Oh, God, no. It's not even close. Absolutely nowhere close. But... Remember that the U.S. is like more than half of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The U.S. spends an obscene it's an, amount. It's an obscene amount. And it's, possi- and, it, and it's a lot to do with the fact that we pay outrageous prices for things as well. Yes. Uh, we don't demand cheaper prices out of, out of well, uh, everybody, companies like Well, everybody knows that we spend so much on that, so it's really easy to mark your, your price up and then just claim it's like the best thing ever because the military would be like, sure, whatever. Pff, 
I got all sorts of cash to spend. You know, we're talking about this whole labor movement overseas and stuff. I, I think that's good to go into like this next point. I wanted to start kind of talking about unions with Reagan. You're just trying to get away from my point. No, we'll I, go. I wasn't done. We're going back to all this shit. This is gonna be bo- this is gonna be bonus material. no but i mean with the problem we're in with a lot of this moving workers overseas and some of the protections and stuff they've lost and stuff i think a lot of it started under reagan i mean we we did our show on unions you should go check out it's awesome right to work i can't remember what episode they all fucking run together but uh we went over this you know how the unions they started kind of busting up a little bit in the 70s and when the movement started but the 80s is when that shit kicked in hardcore and it started under reagan and uh i got a little clip when reagan was running for president back in 1980 where he's discussing unions and another one that I've kind of had to do a little editing to put some stuff together. So stick with it, kids. One of the traditional methods of imposing statism or socialism on a people that's not has it. been that's by not way it. of that's not it. Cut It's it. very, cut it. cut it. I'm sorry. I fucking, I know I moved him out of order. I'm sorry. Do the, do the next one. <laughs> it's okay. People we're good. What a fucking prick. It's my fault. I'm sorry. Well, because you guys are talking about this and this one's, I should have fucking warned you. Beginning in January of 1981, American workers will once again be heeded. Their needs and values will be acted upon in Washington. I will consult with representatives of organized labor on those matters concerning the welfare of working people of this nation. I happen to be the only president of a union ever to be a candidate for president of the United States. We're talking about a way to bring labor and management together for America. We're talking about jobs and productivity and wages. Values so deeply held, these are the values inspiring those brave workers in Poland. They remind us that where free unions and collective bargaining are forbidden, freedom is lost. They remind us that freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. You and I must protect and preserve freedom here or it will not be passed on to our children and it will disappear everywhere in the world. You're going to hear a theme with this, uh, the clip that Eric started to play that I fucked up. I should have told him not to, (laughs) but the other one, uh, everything is going to end freedom. I've noticed with him, but I love that. He's how he just fucking is like, Look, we got to have union, strong labor unions. We've got to have collective bargaining, you know, and if we don't have it, freedom's going to be lost. These are the backbones of freedom. Um, Reagan was probably the most anti-labor president that we had ever. And um, the great thing about it was, is all these conservative Republicans out now, they love to praise, you know, Reagan. Oh, Reagan's our fucking God. He's the one that, you know, we look up to and worship. Every one of them now is doing their best they can to bust unions or in collective bargaining. You have Paul Walker in Wisconsin. You've got Snyder in Michigan. You've got Kasich in Ohio. All these governors, and they have passed legislation, or they're trying to pass legislation to end collective bargaining in their states and to do anything they can to go to -to right-to-work states to try and bust up the unions. So it's just funny that in 1980, he gave that speech, and then as president, I mean, you guys got anything? I mean, how does that sound to you? Does that sound like a very conservative way to go on unions? No, to me, this is like the Reagan presidency is the epitome of someone being bought off is what it sounds like from from, from the things that we've listened to, from the clips that we've had. Anytime that you see something like that and you can refer to clips like that that are so staunchly different, to me, one, he could have had just a change of heart on that. I can semi-understand that. 
Two. Or he could have had Alzheimer's and he just forgot what his beliefs were. Alzheimer's. And then somebody Alzheimer's. just gave him old timers. <laughs> Alzheimer's. <laughs> How insensitive. <laughs> but yeah, like and somebody just gave him a sheet of paper and he said, "Okay, I'll read it." I think that's the way it was toward the end of the presidency. Well, that's the thing. Like, uh, you know, the, the thing that I would, I'd say about the Alzheimer's is like, if you don't think that was true, you need to understand that six months after his presidency, he announced to everyone he had developed Alzheimer's and was like, okay, well, what we know about it right now yep. is that it takes years to develop. So mm-hmm. while he had the power to blow the world up, he couldn't remember what he did the day before. Oh, I think we g- I got a little bit of stuff we'll play about when we get into the Iran-Contra stuff, which is a little bit more toward the end of the show and stuff, where I think you'll see that I think it was evident. <laughs> it was already setting in. Um, I think people know that at this point. But the like your points have, you know, or Eric, as he says, you know, how this, you know, you're asking how this came about and stuff. I mean, you got to remember, this speech was in 1980. It sounded pretty pro-worker, pro-union to me. But then by 1981, we had the big, um, you know, the um, air controllers went on strike, and he did something kind of unprecedented for a president. He fired, made sure all 13,000 plus were fired, you know, and he totally destroyed the air traffic controllers union. I mean, he stepped in and did that. Um, the Wa- Washington post columnist at the time noted that it was an ambiguous signal to the employers that they need feel little or no obligation to their workers and employees. And they got the message loud and clear. They began to illegally fire workers who sought to unionize replacing permanent employees who could collect benefits with temps and shipping factories and jobs abroad. So that's kind of when that started. And, you know, we have um, the uh, the National um, Labor Relations Board, and that's kind of set up to, you know, kind of take care of, I mean, that's labor board. That's what they're for is to take care of the labor union workers or just laborers in the United States in general. Um, his people that he put in charge of it, for instance, he included a guy named, uh, the chairman was Donald Dotson. Donald Dotson said in the past that he believed that unionized labor relations were major contributors to the decline and failure of once healthy industries and that they caused the destruction of in- individual freedom. I was doing pretty good up until then. You had a couple numbers. I guess I start drinking again. <clears throat> but, I mean, you, you got to think about that. That's the guy he put in charge of the department who handled fucking labor to help labor relations. And, um... Under Dawson, a House subcommittee found that the board had totally abandoned its legal obligation to promote collective bargaining and what they said amounted to a betrayal of American workers. Um, the Labor Department was the same thing. It basically became an anti-labor department where they went after, they started doing uh, union-busting consulting. They were hired to by many employees to fend off, um, like employers, to fend off uh, unionization of their, their, you know, their factories and stuff. Um, they said although the department cut its overall budget by more than 10%, it increased the budget for union-busting activities by almost 40%. Damn. Yeah, so it's like everything that he said in that 80 speech, just within a year later, complete flip-flop. So I don't know if it's people got in his ears or, you know, really what the situation was, but... His wallet. Well, I mean, he was already president at that point. And money in the politics has always been a big thing, don't get me wrong, but... It's not like now where you need to fucking raise billion dollars to run for fucking president. It's a little bit different situation. What you think, Eric? You're pretty quiet over there. What? <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> you, you two motherfuckers. I can keep on going on my uh, 
what do you call it? Structural or un- structural? It's structural unemployment. Okay, go back in that. You get we'll put him on the clock. There's Five more minutes, and we'll go into the next issue. <laughs> there's there's a little bit of a flaw with structural unemployment in terms of politics. They don't care about structural unemployment. They never have. I know they don't. That's my point. That's not. What are you gonna fix? What do you mean? What are you gonna fix? There's nothing you can do about it politically. I'm not saying politically. I'm just saying in a general broad sense, we have to come to. Uh, c- we have to understand that that's a real thing that's going to affect us. And we have to react to it. If we don't, the the stratification between the rich and the poor is only going to get way fucking worse. Middle class is going to be fucking gone. And it's going to be a little bit of people that have everything and then everybody else who has shit. You know, they, they thought that was going to be the case when somebody walked into Carnegie's office and tried to shoot one of his managers. And then they got really scared because they realized that there's way, way more of them. And they'll just literally like anthill storm over your castle walls that's going to be the end result of what you're talking about but um i'm not really sure and i would have to go and look up and see just how fast we're automating things and then on top of that you still need people who maintain machines it's pretty abs- uh, well you so have to look at that we used to be a uh, a factory country yes like that's what we used to do it's not that way anymore at all a lot of that is because of outsourcing not because we don't yeah. do the manufacturing and we outsource part. it because it's cheap shit over there. Yep. Once it once those countries become developed and they st- their wages start going up, they'll start automizing more. Well, my problem more, with that thought is more, that typically when you have monopolized or oligopolized companies, they make sure they make damn sure that you can't have wages like that grow because then they lose their hold on that. That's well, called the barrier to China. entry. China's growing. I guarantee you, wages are going to start to increase. Hopefully, guarantee it. Because their economy is is their economy off is sweet. Their economy time. is sweet for things that people don't realize too. Like they keep their their currency weak. They don't keep it strong. If you keep it strong, you can't grow as fast. Yeah. Most people think that if it's a weak currency, it's bad. But no, just to give you an idea really. of how well they've gotten to automize jobs, uh, there's actually a algorithm that they use in the Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm. All they do is they plug in. Uh, the the names and the circumstances of the situation and it actually writes the story a complete story hmm. and you cannot tell like they put it out there and they didn't let anybody know and then later they were like oh yeah by the way this was done by an algorithm cool everybody thought that it was an actual journalist that did it right so journalism itself can be automized and go away that's why i say i think the only thing that right now cannot be automized is retail that's it Everything else automized. Yeah, we're we're no longer a production society. It's we're service related. Now. That's what I'm that's saying. That's fine, but so but we're, where are you going to turn into two things? Well, there's there's a possibility of three different things. I think either we completely collapse and wind up destroying ourselves. We turn into an exaggerated consumerism product. Like, uh, have you ever seen Wally? With all yes. the fat fucking assholes oh, yeah. in space. Yeah. Now we're we turn into that. Disney. Or. We realize what the fuck is going on, and we change things, and we make it for the better, but and now we adjust to it because it's happening. Whether we like it or not, it's going to fucking happen. See, I think you're you're a little overreacting here, and the reason why is because I'm not saying it's going to happen. They said in our the lifetime. same thing. They said the same thing about people in the horsing industry when we finally had cars. That's just a like completely different story. It's that, the it's a technological growth that caused structural unemployment. It's it's no, and but it wiped out an industry. It, it did, did wipe out an industry. 
but it also spawned a lot of industries amongst it. Exactly. And jobs that were there. That's what automation gets happening. rid of jobs. Like you, okay, maybe you need a couple of people to maintenance the machines. That's it. And maintain. Yeah. But even still, that just means that you just go find something else. What else? It doesn't matter. If we have machines that make our clothes, make our computers, make our cars. So you don't do manufacturing. Make, make everything. Where do you think most of the jobs are? Retail, like I said. But okay. eventually that's going to be automized too. Maybe. We'll see. But even still, it's like what we're saying at this point is you have to change your system because your technology is outgrowing your system. And if that happens, yes. Eric, if that happens, that's fine. You change your system. But we're not. But you're having. Why would you need to change it now? We're not. We don't even have the discussion of it. We just go. This with isn't the even about Reagan anymore. I know. <laughs> we don't even. <laughs> you find the answer. We don't about even have a discussion of it. We you just go through the motions and then just say, "Oh well, unemployment's up, you know, and it sucks. The economy's going down. Blah 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 blah." Is it really though? People don't even have a discussion about. It's not really growing that fast. It's like the eventuality that the monetary paradigm is going to fall flat on its fucking face. Okay, so I'm not really and sure what what money has to do with this though. Like we're talking about technology. I'm gonna tell you what. Absolutely, because the whole reason why we structure our lives the way we do is because of money. Yep. That's it. You think about that, and we're gonna go back to that after we do this. Next Reagan point. (laughs) God damn. At least let me get a word in. Shit. God damn you, motherfuckers. So I like how I've completely turned this into something different. It's okay though. (laughs) It it breaks up the fucking the Reagan points. I guess (laughs) people get bored on Reagan. Oh, here we get to listen to these two assholes fight about this now. And and Boggs, you're losing this argument, man. You gotta you gotta fucking buck up, son. So think about something good to come back with him on for this next part. Um, the argument, dude. Don't even wor- don't even worry about that. This motherfucker's going all night long. We're doing uh we're doing the Reagan show. If you forgot, <laughs> just for you people listening out there, who's Reagan? Exactly. Keep going. Who dude. was Keep that going. motherfucker? Well, we're about to find out. Um, now one of the other things he did, like we already went over the trickle down economics, which of course didn't work. Um, or hasn't worked, as we've seen. Uh, we want to know a little bit about his union busting. And another thing he did, um, that was kind of like his fight against middle class people and stuff, you know, as long, especially with the taxes as well. You know, we started talking about the taxes and stuff, where when he came in, he was a low-tax guy. He cut the mar- the top marginal rate at the point that he came in was 70%. Sounds like a lot, but it, I think during the 40s, it was almost 90%, if I wasn't mistaken. I know that it came down. He dropped it to 28%. Which is great and all, but then he went and, you know, he was supposed to be less government too, but he increased the, increased the federal workforce by more than 60,000 people during his pregnancy, uh, his presidency. Oh, God, his pregnancy. Oh. Jesus Whoa. Christ. Fucking butt baby for fucking Reagan. So, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Holy motherfucking shit. Um, anyway, so even though he did that, because of cutting all the revenue back on the top marginal rate, top marginal rate, we're talking about the wealthiest people are get, taking advantage of this. Um, he saw that the debt, when he came in, the deficit was about $800 billion. It grew to over $3 trillion during his pregnancy. So he tripled the debt, you know, because, you know, Republicans, they, they're real fucking he was conscious. He's an economist then. They're real con. Yeah, his economy degree really kicked in hard for him. Um, but because of that, then he also tried to cut Social Security benefits. Very conservative. But the Congress stymied that, and he ended up by 1983 agreeing to do a $165 uh, billion bailout of the program because they had sucked money out of the program to pay off some of the debt that was ballooning because of his huge tax cuts. Um, then after his— Whoops. 
Well, the thing about the tax cuts was, like I said, it was top marginal rate, so it helped the most wealthy people. But then because the deficit started just fucking going out of control immediately, he proceeded to raise taxes 11 times after the fact. You know, the big tax cutter that Reagan was. No, he raised them 11 more times. The difference was when he raised the taxes, he raised them on things like gas taxes or payroll taxes, things that hurt hourly workers, your middle class, your low-wage earners, because they are affected by that, not your wealthiest people, not your corporations. Um, he did, I will say this, he did do a tax raise on corporations at the time, but then again, he deregulated a lot and cut most loopholes out and stuff too, which allowed them to, you know, get away with a little bit more pollution and, you know, they could do some more write-offs than they could do previously. So he, that was that plus the unionization aspects that we went over before. Those are the types of things that started the decline of the middle class. I mean, if you look at the chart, of wages and stuff between like the top income brackets and then the lower the middle class people you see starting about the 80s that's when it just goes completely disproportionate and we've discussed that as well before so i'm not going to get into all that shit um one thing i want to talk about we discussed this before is the war on drugs which oh yeah oh my god nixon is the one oh my god dude eric's getting beat <laughs> we're covering the shit dude this is reagan topic man we got to go through this stuff there's a lot of good stuff about reagan um the war on drugs actually was coined by Nixon. He he coined the phrase for it, but the actual war on drugs actually took place under Reagan, who declared it on um, in 1982. And at the time, you know, during his uh, presidency, he set up the uh, Office of National Drug Control Policy, and you know they started putting billions of dollars into enforcement, and they you know really ratcheted up the the laws and stuff. One of the things you think, well, they put all this money into it, put all the law enforcement on the streets and really went into it. They spent, since the 80s when they started the program, they've spent, uh, spent about a trillion dollars on the war on drugs. And you think, well, that must have really helped out. No, the U.S. Uh, prison population is the largest in the world. We have about 2.3 million behind bars. And more than half a million of those people are incarcerated due to drug law violations, majority being to marijuana possession, which we went over before. That's just ridiculous. And that started under Reagan. Uh, we rank number one in the world in illegal drug use. So that's really worked out well. Um, <laughs> when he came in office, we had about 40,000 people in jail for drug crimes. Now we have over 500,000. And the likelihood of a person of color to be uh, put in jail for drug possession, drug crimes, is 2.8 to 5.5 times higher than whites. So that was another thing, too. I mean, like I said with the earlier statement, you know, in the 60s, he made the comments about the civil rights legislation. Between that, these drug policies, and some of the taxation policies and some of the, you know, the worker-type policies that he put in place, a lot of it was keeping low uh, lower class people, people in poverty down, trying to slash welfare benefits, all these different things he did. I mean, it was a complete reversal. That's why you see, like I said, starting with him, you know, you see this big gap start to emerge between the top people and the bottom and the, uh, you know, the working class. It just, I don't know. It's sad to me. It's like the 80s, you know, became that time frame where it was like, you know, um, the movie Wall Street came out and you had the Michael Douglas character and his famous line in the movie is, you know, greed is good. That is fucking, that was the Reagan phenomenon, you know, the whole, 
you know, we're the shining city on the hill. It's this whole fucking American pride thing. We're great. We do any fucking thing we want. And people bought in that shit. That's how he got elected, you know, but that's not the way it is. It's like, you can put out all this propaganda. You can put the flag pins on your fucking shirts and you can play. I'm proud to be an American, you know, every fucking rally you have, but it's like, you're not solving problems. You're making everything worse. And that's the way it just continued to go. Well, you're making things worse for whom is the real issue there. Cause for them in their office and their nice little mansion home, no, they're making things better for themselves. Eric, do you want to go back to your fucking automation fucking thing? No, nope, let's go into our own contra. <laughs> Which one? You want to do that? Yep, do it. Go. Oh my god, he, he's he's in rush mode. Go, dude. He is in rush mode. I know we we're timed. I'll on just this start now. playing clips if you don't fucking start talking. All right, dude. <laughs> we'll fucking go through it then. Random clip. Play a random clip, Eric. In spite of the wildly speculative and false stories about arms for hostages and alleged ransom payments, we did not repeat, did not trade weapons or anything else for hostages. Nor will we. Oh, really? Really, Mr. President? And what that was... Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so he said we didn't trade weapons? Yes. Yep. <laughs> what that was, was in November 86, he came on and did a press conference, you know, national press conference, and then he said that. He denied the whole fucking allegations thing about Iran-Contra. Um, I mean, you guys know what Iran-Contra was. Yep. Nope. Oh, God. Young, Next man. clip. I'm, I'm a youngin. <laughs> well, hold on a second. I, I mean, this I can knock this out real quick. Um, basically, what it was is the is the biggest scandal probably in American history, really bigger than fucking Monica Lewinsky sucking you know fucking Clinton's dick. There's um, a lot of scandals bigger than that, to be honest with you. What it was is under Reagan, the United States sold weapons to um, Iran, and what it was is 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 a totally unsuccess- unsuccessful fucking plan that they had to get these hostages, these U.S. citizen hostages they had stationed in, Le- in uh, Lebanon at the time. They're trying to get them out. So they trade them to Iran. Iran at the time was an enemy state of our country. They were listed as an enemy state. So by doing this, which Congress had already said they would not allow, it was a treasonous act. And I'm not going to get into the whole thing that he should have been impeached and tried and everything, even though he should have. But they did that. And then they took the money that they got from the arms deals and then they moved it down to South America to fund um, this Contra rebels and stuff who were trying to overthrow a socialist Sandinista government down in Nicaragua at the time. And like I said, all this stuff, the Congress said, don't fucking do it. And then they continued to do it behind their backs. And then after he denied the fuck out of it in March of 87, he came back and did this after the fucking papers had come out saying that, yep, maybe you did. First, let me say I take full responsibility for my own actions and for those of my administration. As angry as I may be about activities undertaken without my knowledge, I am still accountable for those activities. As disappointed as I may be in some who serve me, I am still the one who must answer to the American people for this behavior. And as personally distasteful as I find secret bank accounts and diverted funds, as the Navy would say, this happened on my watch. Let's start with the part that is the most controversial. A few months ago, I told the American people I did not trade arms for hostages. My heart and my best intentions still tell me that's true. But the facts and the evidence tell me it is not. As the Tower Board reported, what began as a strategic opening to Iran deteriorated in its implementation into trading arms for hostages. This runs counter to my own beliefs, to administration policy, 
and the original strategy we had in mind. There are reasons why it happened, but no excuses. It was a mistake. Uh, there is an excuse. It's called Alzheimer's. <laughs> yeah, I, we didn't do we we did that. Oh, shit, seriously, <laughs> oh, guys. Fuck. Well, I don't believe that we did it, but the evidence is there, yeah. so I must have done it. <laughs> the documents with my signature on them allowing it to happen. Well, they they did a good job. Like the people in his administration, everybody knows like Poindexter and Ollie North and stuff, you know, from the trials, and they yeah. kind of covered up for him. But I think. In, uh, I don't recall council. Yeah, in like 2000 or somewhere. All <laughs> that of was Ollie North's like famous yeah. line. Oh, yeah. I don't recall council. Ooh, I don't know about that. You got... Pr- hey, you you got, said yeah. it all the time. I don't recall council. Do you have anything... Do you have any video on that? No? Oh, I didn't do it then. <laughs> it's like, OJ, did you kill that girl? You got video on it? Is that like I when you get, it. Like, you get caught cheating on, uh, you know, with, with your girlfriend and stuff? You'd be like, well, did, you know, how do you know it was me? Yeah. Do you have video? I don't know. Huh? Was it me? I saw you do it. Wasn't me. <laughs> but I saw you. I looked right in your eyes. No, wasn't me. <laughs> Some Some of the guys. Maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it wasn't. <laughs> or that, sm- that song that says, Can I Smell Your Dick in it? Oh, my God. I, I'm not going to go through all oh, these because I know. Yeah, I'm not kidding. This is stuff that I want people to look up because I'm not going to go through all these. But there's so many scandals under Reagan. They had a scandal in the uh, Department of Housing and Urban Development where they were basically. Uh, doing special favors to people, lobbyists, if they would, you know, contribute money to Reagan's campaign. There's EPA scandals where they went in and basically did everything anti-EPA to fucking deregulate and stuff. And there's some money and stuff changing hands there. Um, there's also savings and loan scandal, which because of deregulation and stuff under Reagan, you guys have to look all this up because Eric's not in the room right now, but he's being mean to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. so anyway, but because of deregulation and some of the other bullshit that, that they pulled early on in the administration, um, this is much like the financial crisis we went through a few years back where 774 um, savings and loans failed and we had to bail them out with taxpayer money, totaling about $160 billion, which, you know, back in 1980 was pretty Pretty good portion. A uh, little fun side note to that. One of the biggest ones that failed was uh, Silverado Savings, and at the time it was run by Neil Bush, George W. Bush's son, George W. H.'s Bush, the vice president. Yes, that's right. So we had to bail them out for about $1.3 billion. And, of course, he was accused of, uh, you know, lying and giving himself loan benefits and stuff, which uh, he eventually got off for. I wonder how that happened. Damn. Um, under the Reagan presidency, though, there were 138 administration officials that were either investigated, indicted, or convicted of crimes. The most by any president <laughs> in their history. That's nice. Yeah. So Reagan is pretty fucking awesome. Sounds dude. like a solid dude. He is. Some guy that I can follow. He is pretty fucking bitch. And I know we're coming up on the end of the show, but there's uh, one more audio clip I want to play for you since. Uh, Eric already started playing it. This one is just because of the healthcare thing that we got now, where the Republic- Republicans again this week tried to pass in a repeal of Obamacare, and you know what their usual arguments are for it. This is Reagan in 1961 talking about Medicare before it was passed. One of the traditional methods of imposing statism or socialism on a people has been by way of medicine. It's very easy to disguise a medical program as a humanitarian project. Most people are a little reluctant to oppose anything that suggests medical care for people who possibly can't afford it. 
Now, in our country, under our free enterprise system, we have seen medicine reach the greatest heights that it has in any country in the world. Today, the relationship between patient and doctor in this country is something to be envied any place. The privacy, the care that is given to a person, the right to choose a doctor, the right to go from one doctor to the other. But let's also look from the other side at the freedom the doctor loses. A doctor would be reluctant to say this. Well, like you, I'm only a patient, so I can say it in his behalf. The doctor begins to lose freedoms. It's like telling a lie, and one leads to another. First, you decide that the doctor can have so many patients. They're equally divided among the various doctors by the government. But then the doctors aren't equally divided geographically. So a doctor decides he wants to practice in one town. And the government has to say to him, you can't live in that town. They already have enough doctors. You have to go someplace else. And from here, it's only a short step to dictating where he will go. This is a freedom that I wonder whether any of us have the right to take from any human being. I know how I'd feel if you, my fellow citizens, decided that to be an actor, I had to become a government employee and work in a national theater. Take it into your own occupation or that of your husband. All of us can see what happens once you establish the precedent that the government can determine a man's working place and his working methods, determine his employment. From here, it's a short step to all the rest of socialism to determining his pay. And pretty soon, your son won't decide when he's in school where he will go or what he will do for a living. He will wait for the government to tell him where he will go to work and what he will do. The key issue is we do not want socialized medicine. Call your friends and tell them to write them. If you don't, this program, I promise you, will pass just as surely as the sun will come up tomorrow. And behind it will come other federal programs that will invade every area of freedom as we have known it in this country. Until one day, as Norman Thomas said, we will awake to find that we have socialism. And if you don't do this, and if I don't do it, one of these days, you and I, are going to spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Man, Medicare really did a lot of bad shit that I didn't know happened in this 2013. Yeah, so everything causes socialism and takes away our freedoms. So let me just, oh, let me no. just use... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say this now, that uh, Slippery Slope... And uh, Eric might get mad at me in this one, but Slippery Slope type ideas uh they're not really logical they're actually pretty fallacious in thought and that I never right said it was going to happen in our generation no. fallacio no you said Even that our system generation. would have to change but we're not going to get saying. into that because we should save that for the next episode <laughs> but in terms of what he's saying in this in what he's saying right yeah but you're saying like it'll collapse the whole system because it just leads to one thing to the next and that's that's not really necessarily true oh that's never really been true for structural unemployment as hey, it stands now you know what makes me right time eventually it will go down okay but eventually if we automate <laughs> literally everything you'll just change your system and go about your day and if it <laughs> crashes then it crashes i fucking love hell but my the thing that i'm i'm so confused why money is relevant in this because like money ties it all together no it that's doesn't that's the reason why we have to you're automate. literally talking about production you're not talking about paper tra- you know transferring from hand to hand Here, here's what i'm talking about i'm talking about the loss of jobs <laughs> fuck your point about reagan by the way <laughs> so how do you guys so think uh, that you corresponds to today's arguments yeah. against uh, obamacare you, you <laughs> automize the industry you lose the jobs those workers do not have the funds in order to provide for themselves or their families mm-hmm. 
And so you are automizing goods without people that are being able to afford those goods. That's where money comes into play. That, and I'm saying that if that we rely on money as our economy, it is a fallacy and it cannot sustain itself. Not money is fallacious. Is that what I just heard? Not in the technological sense. Money it cannot can buy work. You I mean, I think there's a point in technology where you make it obsolete, but it's I don't think that that's working. now. It don't it's work. obviously not working because people have basically corrupted our government and made sure that workers can't get ahead of things, Eric. It's not because money is there. It's because they've got all of it. they got all money. That's the problem with it. Frankly, for anybody listening at home, it's literally the distribution that we've looked at. It's literally you are a small fish being eaten by a medium fish who says there is a little bit of justice in the world, whom is being eaten by a larger fish that says the world is completely just. There's <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? It's not <laughs> money is not the issue. I think that you're concerned with. I think what you're concerned with is the fact that there's a lot of greed with it. Now, if structural unemployment literally took every single job in the entire world out, you would have to change your system. It's not going to take every single job, but eventually, you're going to have eventually money. could. I mean, sure, it'd be like the Star Trek universe where you like flying around in ships and shit, and you can just see like and guess what? Guess what? In the Star Trek universe, money doesn't exist. Okay. We're, we're literally now talking about Star Trek as a source of like fiscal Dude, policy. Gene Roddenberry was a fucking genius. Man. I agree. I'm just saying that you know that's not exactly how he, he understood that w- the human species could not survive with the monetary paradigm. <laughs> I mean, he sure, understood but that. He understood that in order for us to expand our knowledge and expand our species, we have to get rid of past discretions. But what you're referring to, idiot- by the way takes that takes exactly what you're about to say it takes you educating a lot of people oh you know yeah i agree do that and that's why i'm a big proponent for education that's and the why other thing i is, say we have to talk about the it. other thing we have to put the cards on the table the other and thing that's you're missing why here is I'm most corporations <laughs> won't do that either because what will end up happening is they'll do exactly the opposite of what you just said they'll make sure that they can control you because if you don't work for them they can't really control you anymore yeah. You see what I'm saying? Most of the time, it's called a barrier to entry to any sort of market like that. Yeah, you've already talked which, about Which, by it. the way, like, well, you know, like we talk about cars trying to advance, right? When we're talking about like the hydrogen engine and stuff, they'll put that shit down. I mean, oh, yeah. it's the same. Like most of the yeah, technology we've, that's... We've, we've gone over this. The, but that's my point. It's like, you know, that may never happen, dude. The, I think it's more likely that we'll crush ourselves with a nuclear blast than it will be that we make yeah, money obsolete. Now, North Korea is working toward that. They're trying to start it with All right, now. outro song. Dude, they've been Let's doing that go. for 50 years. Oh, shit, i got to get ready. What? I still got a lot more on Reagan. No, fuck Reagan. All right, free for next week, Reagan part two. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have we'll any more on Reagan? We'll respect that. No. Nah, dude. No, 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 no. Eric's no. fucking upset again, man. He started off happy, well, Eric, and no, now he's gonna, mad, Eric. All right. I uh, don't understand what's going on. What I was, no, I was going to say, uh, shit hit the fan, motherfucker. What? Yeah. I don't know. Just Play your Just fucking, fucking song. Next week, though, my free from using it for fucking Reagan again, so fuck you both. God, why do you have to be so loud? Oh, I love you. That's why. All right, so uh, on the show, we've had a lot of like KK music and such, and um, we're going to play a little song called Birds on a Day Like Today. Is it actually called Birds? Yeah, Birds. That's what I thought. Parentheses. KK, I really do love you. Just On a Day Like know. Today. Yeah, all that stuff. So this is the acoustic version of their piano song, so bear with me on the lack of melody and some stuff, because I can't really play piano because I suck.
And oh, how come I don't wake to the sun no more? When pixelated jackals say it rains, it pours. My stubborn curiosity will lead me right off course. And I guess that's why Marky ran away to a sunnier L.A. He found his brain in an apartment in Chinatown. So come on, we can get out. I'm so nervous, it's a baby girl. That's why I've created this world where you can come and find me when. Come find me when. You so Shameless pay from work in the department I know you're tired but I'm complacent This pace around in our apartment Cause oh, when I rest my head I feel the fear of falling oh. And in my own town I trip to a far place Cause that's the way Michael, do your whistling. You never told me how it goes, you dick. Oh, shit. Whatever. You can just fucking improv. It's not a big deal. No, I'm over here fucking texting and twittering. And my friend is drawing penises on his iPad. <laughs> Are they speckled peni? <laughs> so forgive me for my lack of words. Announcing adjectives are slowly pulling down my spine And it seems each of them can't find a way to make any sense of this just like me And repeatedly the paper man says that it's all wrong And all I've got are sedatives in these damn songs But I grew upon their superstitions With probable cause from a lack of ambition Cause all when I rest my head, I feel the fear of falling And in my own town, I trip to a far off place Cause that's the way that it works on a day like today I gotta get out, I gotta get out today Good night, everybody. Next week, Nixon.